And here's the thing. When you're first handed that baby, you've never parented before. And yet you're going to expect yourself to do it perfect. And every time you make a mistake, and FYI, you will make plenty of mistakes. You're going to beat yourself up. You're going to feel inadequate. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. What am I doing wrong? You are completely normal, human, wonderful. You're not failing. You are learning. You've never done this before. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. I'm the chick behind the comedy Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. Welcome to the show. In case you missed last week's episode, I dropped a little bomb on you guys. So if you haven't listened yet, definitely go back. But if you have, you already know my little secret. And that is that I'm pregnant. Woo! (laughs) Cat's out of the bag. What's funny is when I started this show, I mean, I basically wanted to create the show that I wish I had for myself when I was going through various big kid problems. Like I often talk about topics that I've been through so I can share a little bit of wisdom and life experience with you guys. But now, I mean, I find myself in a situation where I have literally zero experience I mean, pregnancy and motherhood is just a whole new world and I feel like I'm coming in blind. So that's why I sought out my guest for today's episode. She is someone who is actually super on brand for Big Kid Problems. She's hilarious. She is an author, motivational speaker, and comedian. Guys, Christina Kuzmich is in the house. If you don't know Christina, I mean, she's kind of like me in that she makes super relatable content based on the shit she's already been through. And she's been down the whole pregnancy and motherhood road before and her parenting comedy videos and unique humorous parenting advice have been featured everywhere from the Huffington Post to Cosmo, People, Us Weekly. And she is currently touring the country with her Hope and Humor tour. She has a really unique story about hitting rock bottom, struggling with depression, and crawling out of a really dark place in her life. But she somehow makes all of that funny and motivational. And we just have such a good conversation today. I mean, we cut the bullshit and just have like a very honest conversation about life, the real stuff no one tells you about parenting, and some serious life lessons that she's learned and wishes she knew sooner. I mean, I'm telling you, this is honestly probably one of my favorite conversations I've had on the podcast. I walked away with so much from this episode. It kind of felt like, I don't know, getting some advice from a big sister or something. And I just think you guys are really going to like this one too. 
So before we jump into the podcast this week, I just wanted to get some quick housekeeping out of the way. So next week, this show is actually going to be off the air. The team is taking off for Thanksgiving. But that just means you'll have some free time on your hands to check out my new podcast, Bottle Service with Big Kid Problems. It is a new kind of pregnancy podcast. I mean, each week is short and sweet, about 15 to 20 minutes long. And we cover what to expect each week of pregnancy with, of course, some big kid twists thrown in. I'm doing that show in real time with my pregnancy. So it's a lot of fun. So please check it out and show some love by subscribing and reviewing if you can. I mean, it makes such a huge difference. I can't even stress it enough. So I've linked that show in our show notes. But again, you can just search Bottle Service with Big Kid Problems wherever you're listening to this podcast and you should be able to find it. All right. So with that, let's get into this episode. I hope you guys love it as much as I did. Get cozy and we will be right back with Christina Kuzmich. Guys, just in time for the holiday season, you can give the gift that keeps on giving. And that's easier mornings after a night of boozing with Morning Recovery from More Labs. Morning Recovery is this little beverage you drink while you drink, or at least before you go to bed after drinking. And it helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol-induced toxins so you can rehydrate, detox, and wake up feeling like you're 21 again. Right now, Morning Recovery has a limited edition flavor just in time for the holiday season. Introducing the new bold and juicy Blood Orange. It's matured, it's refined, and it's ready for sharing. This limited edition bottle serves up to five and pairs with any spirit. This flavor will only be available for the holiday season and it is seriously delicious. It's perfect for mixing into cocktails or just even sipping on its own. And don't worry, the Morning Recovery Blood Orange uses the same patent-pending plant-derived superhero formula as the original Morning Recovery, so you'll be bringing something bloody good to the party and saving everybody's tomorrow. I've been using Morning Recovery for years. They really come in handy during times when you're celebrating hard, like weddings, birthdays, and yes, holidays. So don't let rough mornings after drinking dampen the next day. Drink smarter with Morning Recovery at morelabs.com com slash big kid and use code big kid for 20% off your order. And definitely pre-order that blood orange while you can. I mean, it is delish. That's morelabs.com slash big kid and use code big kid for 20% off today. All right, guys, I'm sitting here with Christina Kuzmich. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I recently found you because I know you were, you're on your comedy tour. You're stopping through Nashville. And I found you, started devouring your parenting content and just like your hilarious uh, stuff online about motherhood. And like, I feel like you're very in line with big kid problems because you keep it super real. We love that here. <laughs> you have to. Life is so hard. And I just, I feel like the more we're honest, 
the less people will feel alone. Yes. That's like literally my whole goal with this thing. And I feel like you're a few years ahead of me. So it was like fun. It's so fun to bring you on and and get your perspective. But for anybody who doesn't know you, I would love um, to kind of hear a little bit about you. I know you had a book come out last year called Hold On, But Don't Hold Still. And you say in there, like it's about hope and humor from my seriously flawed life. And I would love to hear a little bit about your early life, what prompted this book and yeah, just kind of your story. Sure. So my goal from when I started creating content, as whether it's funny or serious content, has always been to be for others what I needed when I was at my lowest. And so anything I create, I think of me in my 20s when I was newly divorced, I was sleeping on a floor because I couldn't afford a bed and sharing a small bedroom with two of my, my two kids and had a roommate in the, in the other room in the apartment because I couldn't afford an apartment just for us. I was just really broke. But more than that, just the stress of being a young single mom. And I sunk into a depression. I hated myself. I was completely convinced that my children deserve better than me. I felt completely inadequate, contemplated suicide at one point. I mean, it was just like such a dark place. And So now through my book or my tour or anything I create, I just, I want to say what, what that girl needed to hear. And what I needed was a lot of hope and humor. And like you mentioned earlier, I needed someone to keep it real. And I didn't need to just hear from the experts because I think, I don't know, I think it's more helpful to hear it from people who have actually like been there, like, you know, crawl through the cave to try and find some light and and I did get to a better place. And I, there's nothing more special about me than anybody else. So I always think anybody who's struggling can get to a place where they don't hate themselves and they feel like life is worth living. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It sounds so scary. I mean, I can't imagine like... Because I was super broke in my 20s too. And I had so much trouble like taking care of myself, <laughs> let alone like two, two little kids. Like I, I would just love to hear hear more about that, like early, those early days, like how long would you say that you were in that period of time just to kind of give us some perspective? Sure. It was about, I would say it was about two years of hell, maybe a year and a half of hell. And then I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something. And there's a whole chapter in my book about, um, these Wednesday night dinners that I started basically. I'm not going to tell you the whole story because it's a long story, but basically I realized I have to stop focusing on how much I think my life sucks. I need to stop focusing on everything I don't have and can't do and just put all my focus on the things I actually have and can do, which by the way, I still use today and I have a really good life today and I'm remarried and, and, you know, live in a house, like an actual, I sleep on an actual bed. (laughs) Like I actually have these things that I never had before and, um, or didn't have at that time. And yet I still have to like, stop myself and go, my God, you're dwelling on everything you don't have and can't do. If you focus on what you have and can do, it's going to propel you forward. But anyway, back to your question about those early days. I mean, like you said, I feel like a lot of us can relate to just not having money and being stressed out. It's that extra stress of, I have these two human beings Mm -hmm. that I created that I love more than myself. I love them so much. And the fact that, you know, Every time they were, I I remember so clearly doing laundry and folding my daughter's socks. She was two at the time and there were holes in almost every sock. And I started crying because I was like, what am I going to do? I cannot afford socks. They don't sell socks at the 99 cent store. Like that's where I shop. They don't sell socks usually at thrift stores because thrift stores are used stuff and people usually just throw away their socks. 
I mean, just that kind of stress of, I don't know how I'm going to afford socks for my kid makes you feel like a complete loser. And obviously now I can look back and go, I was not a loser. I was doing the best I could and I was freaking amazing. But at the time I just felt like, I I really honestly believed my kids would be better off without me. Like I actually had a list that nobody knew about at the time. And I didn't even share this information publicly until like two years ago. I had this little piece of paper, a list of pros and cons of how my suicide would affect my children. And the list of pros, meaning my kids will be way better off if I'm gone, was way longer. And like now it like kills me to even think that I was able to think that way because I'm so past that. But you have to be in a hell of a lot of pain to think that. And I, and I do want to say that a lot of people will hear of a parent being suicidal or even when a parent does commit suicide, when we heard about Anthony Bourdain, you know, or Kate Spade, a lot of people first, their first reaction is they're so selfish. They have children. Mm. How dare they be that selfish? And the truth is when you're in that, when you're in that darkness and that depth of depression, in your mind, you think you're actually doing your family a favor. You don't think you're taking away from your kids. You're actually going to do them a favor because you're such a piece of crap and you're bringing them down and you're going to be gone. And then they can, yes, they'll grieve, but they're going to continue and they'll have a better life without you. I mean, obviously those are all lies, Mm. but that's the kind of hell, you know, people get into. And that's why I think we should talk about it more openly. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think a a lot of people... um, can relate to that or even just having those those feelings like, oh, people around me would be better off without me. It's a scary thought. And I feel like a lot of people have that and don't necessarily share it. So I love that how open you are about that. I just want to say if anybody's listening right now and they're in that dark place, there is no truth to that. Like that is depression is lying to you. Depression is a liar and it is lying to you. And I'm telling you as someone who I'm going to cry right now, but I'm so grateful I stuck around. I am so grateful I stuck around. And at the time, you know, if somebody said to me, you'll be grateful someday if you stick around, I would have been like, that's cute. That sounds like a cheesy, cute quote you put on a magnet and stick on your fridge. But that doesn't apply to me. You don't know me. That's what we tend to do, right? We push encouragement away because it doesn't apply to me. And I'm telling you, it does apply to you because I can't, I mean, I there's so much good in my life and I'm so glad I stuck around. So stick around. <laughs> I love, I love that. And I was reading something. I feel like you had an interview somewhat recently where you were talking about like when you look back on those times and like your kids don't look back on it the way that you do. They're like, they're, they're not, they weren't miserable at all. You know, like they didn't, they didn't know what they didn't have. Exactly. I mean, I have all these memories of like, you know, either Halloween costumes that I pulled together last second because I didn't have, you know, money for Halloween costumes. And my kids are like, wait, what? I remember like feeling so cool in that thing you pulled together and I didn't know you were like upset about it. Or I couldn't afford to take my kids any like cool places. You know, their friends were going to Disneyland and amusement parks and vacations. I was like, vacation? I can't even afford to, you know, I'm barely paying bills. I'm on food stamps. Um, So I would take them on a picnic in the park, literally just a blanket and like sandwiches and picnic. And we would play games and they have like these amazing memories of that time. Whereas my memory of that time is I'm a loser mom. Look here, kids, you get a blanket in a park while your friends get Disneyland, you know, (laughs) or, um, I remember taking my daughter to a birthday party at her friend's house. And literally I write in my book, how the girl's room looked like pottery barn had vomited all over. It It was like the most beautiful, 
like princess room. And my daughter pointed to this sign that was like made out of wood. It was like this elaborate wood sign of the girl's name. And, and my daughter thought that was so pretty. And I'm Croatian and my kids have Croatian names. So her name is unique, Matea. And, you know, I was like, gosh, even if I wanted to have that, I'd have to custom order it and I can't afford it. So I literally went home and I took magazines and I cut out the way we used to in high school, like cut out stuff. I would, I cut out the letters of her name and her brother's name. And I just put it up in, on the wall in this little room we shared. And my daughter's face was like awestruck. Like she was so excited to have her name on the wall. It didn't matter that mommy had cut it out of a magazine. So anyway, all that to say, like, we think that we have to be perfect. We think that, you know, our kids, our kids need us to be like, I don't know, this, this unrealistic thing that we've set for ourselves when really they just want to feel loved. And if we're giving them love, Mm. But I can't think of anything a parent should feel guilty about. Like literally, if you are, if you're a caring, loving parent, there is nothing to feel guilty about. That's just stupid pressure you're putting on yourself. Yes. Did you have um, uh, Instagram at this time? Because I feel like that would only make things so much worse. Like I, I see my mom friends now, and I'm like, you're doing the most. <laughs> like yeah. this kid's no. first birthday is like nicer than my wedding. Like what? What? Why? <laughs> Honestly, I am so grateful that I don't even know, did Instagram exist in 2006, 2007? No, it didn't. I remember life free Instagram. I'm so happy I didn't have Instagram in like high school or college. Uh, Some of my friends had Facebook and I didn't even have Facebook. I didn't have anything. And I am so grateful because it would not have been healthy for me at that time. Especially because I think being real and honest and talking about all this stuff openly is still new. I don't think it was really done in 2006, 2007. So can you imagine, this is, this is why I try to keep it so real on my social media. Because again, I want to be part of what I needed when I was at my lowest, right? And what I did not need <laughs> is to go on Instagram or Facebook and see these perfect things and these mothers who love every second of parenting with their perfect children and their perfect husband. And the truth is, they all got stuff. Like they got the stuffiest of stuffs. They're just <laughs> not sharing it, right? They're just not... You know, and that's, they have their reasons and I'm not judging them for not sharing. But for me, that would have just like thrown me deeper into depression because I will never have that. That is, you know, like that's what my kids deserve and I can't provide that. Mm. So, um, and also beyond that, I was, I'm actually planning on making a video about how I'm glad I didn't have social media because how cruel people can be on social media. And can you imagine if I had actually decided to be real back then and posted something about, you know, struggling or, feeling like I can't provide enough for my kids, I probably would have gotten a lot of love. And then I would have gotten some hate and judgment. And because I was a very insecure human at the time, well, we're all insecure, but I gave my insecurities too much power at the time. I would have only focused on those few comments. Mm-hmm. And maybe those few comments would have been the thing that pushed me over the edge and went, see, people agree with me. My kids do deserve better. So I'm glad I didn't have it at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. I mean, like that was one of the reasons like I didn't want to just like throw out that I was pregnant right away on social media. I'm like, let me wait. Let me let me hold out a little bit of time because I have heard that from multiple people, just like the mommy, like mommy judgment, mommy shame. And it even starts in pregnancy. Like you might like post something of you eating like a turkey sandwich and people are going to like freak out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh wow, can't wait to can't wait to jump into that head first. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. You will you will never avoid it. 
So you have to ignore it because there is no way you are not going to be judged no matter what. I mean, this is the example I always use. I have been a completely 100% stay-at-home mom. I have been a mom who works part-time. I have been a mom who works from home full-time, but still is able to take those breaks. I have been a mom, for example, now who's about to, you know, go off and on another tour in the spring. And I have this one in the fall and I'm traveling and, you know, I have, I have done every range. I have been judged no matter what. Mm. If I am at home with my children, staring at their faces until I lose my mind and not spending any time on me, I am being judged. And if I'm doing something for me or pursuing a dream, I am being judged. So point being, no matter what you feed your kid, no matter how you parent, no matter how strict or lenient you decide, you know, be whether you give them all the screen time in the world or no screen, you will be judged. Yeah. So I'm actually wearing right now my Mind Your Motherhood shirt. You just gotta like <laughs> not pick up those suitcases and and do what is right to you and be confident enough to just be like, I'm not wearing other people's expectations and opinions. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what I feel is right. And I know that I will never win with everybody else. I will never win. Yeah. Mind your own motherhood. I freaking love that. <laughs> oh my God. You need to send me your address and I will send you a mind your own motherhood. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna link them in show notes too. <laughs> if you guys, you guys can't see who are listening to this, but it's a great shirt. <laughs> you guys, I have become the world's weirdest eater since becoming pregnant. Sometimes I want soup. Sometimes I need French fries and sometimes I need those two things together. And good news is I can order whatever the hell I want when I want without ever leaving the couch thanks to Postmates. Postmates isn't just all burritos and sushi. I mean, I can order things like toothpaste and phone charger or Tums on demand too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. My favorite part When the app lets me know that my food or items have been delivered, I mean, honestly, that's my ideal text these days. There's nothing better than that. Everything is right outside my door and I don't even have to put pants on. So just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorite foods or that one thing you forgot from the store and get it delivered on demand. For a limited time, Postmates is giving just our listeners a little something something. New customers will get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more when you use code BKP. That's code BKP to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. I had to read this a couple of times because I couldn't believe what a good deal it is. Uh, Max savings is $100 per order, but just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It is super easy. This offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. So get on it. This offer is valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. So get going and enjoy. When I actually have my kids, like I want to put a PSA out there and be like, if I ask for advice, like, because there are going to be times where there's already, you know, things I want to ask, like what belly oil, like do people use? Like, what do you, you know, like what? I will ask for certain advice. Like I just don't want unsolicited opinions or judgments or anything because I feel like parenting is already like really daunting and scary enough. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think like, 
The people that are just like walking up to people, even if it's your own daughter, you're giving unsolicited advice to a parent. Okay. Even if it's, even if it's like your own mother, it's someone super close to you, or it's a stranger on the street while your kid's throwing a tantrum telling you how to parent your child, either, either extreme, right? I just feel like, and I'm, I'm going to offend some people, but how arrogant of people to assume that they know the perfect solution for your life, for your child, for your circumstance. Because the truth is, I don't care if somebody has parented 13 children, my child might be completely different than theirs. Mm -hmm. My circumstance, the context, everything might be completely different, which is why I have a hard time with like believing in parenting experts necessarily, as far as like this one way is going to work for everyone. No, it actually won't. (sighs) So I just always, whenever people have given me the unsolicited advice, I'm like, you need to do this. And you, I just think, wow, what, why do you believe you were so perfect of a parent that you can now, like, <laughs> you know, it, it, I feel like it comes from a, it seems like arrogance, but it probably comes from a place of insecurity too. Like they feel insecure about their own life choices. So they feel like they have to hand you that suitcase of here. I'm going to judge you. Yeah. Oh God. So scary. I, I'm like very excited to get into some parenting stuff with you because this is a whole new world for me. Like I'm just, I'm just about to dip my toe in the pool. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited too. I'm also terrified, like not to lie. Because I just have no, I, it is such an unknown. Like it is so unknown. And again, I'm like, what kind of kid are you going to get? Like, you don't know. <laughs> You don't know. Like I, we joke, my husband is like, was like the dream child. Like his mom always tells me like he slept all the time. Like we've brought him to restaurants. He was like amazing. He was on flights. I was a terrorist. So I have no idea like where on the spectrum this kid's going to fly. So it's, it's alarming. Um, But before, before we get into like all the parenting stuff, I did want to ask you, because I think you have such a unique, um, experience of really like pulling yourself out of that really serious depression and dark place. And um, I just, I I know that people on this podcast like love this shit and love hearing from people who have been there. And I know you did an, like this awesome video on like four tips that changed your life during mm-hmm. this time. And I was just interested if you wanted to share like maybe like one or two uh, sure. just to give us a taste. So, um, so here, I'll quickly tell you the Wednesday night dinner story because I feel like that story is, that was like the biggest, had the biggest impact on my life. Um, so, okay, depressed, I'm struggling. And I basically decide, okay, I'm either going to just take my life or I'm going to figure out some way to fight for my life. And the only thing I could think of is maybe if I volunteer, it will distract me from how much I think my life sucks. Maybe it'll make me feel like a good person. So I... For completely selfish reasons, by the way, I decided I'm going to try to volunteer to help myself. And I call up local, you know, homeless shelters and hospitals and soup kitchens and actually knew of a few homeless shelters because I was so worried. My rent was always late and I was worried I was going to get evicted with two kids. So I actually like had addresses of a few homeless shelters nearby because I was scared to end up like literally on the street with my kids. And um, so anyway, I call up these places and I offered to volunteer and I get rejected from every single place because I have a two and a three-year-old and I can't afford a babysitter. So I'd have to bring them with me. And let's be honest, you'll see once you have toddlers, nobody wants toddlers <laughs> volunteering. They will turn the place down. And so um, so I get rejected and I'm like, seriously, I got rejected. Like, I already feel like a loser. I just got rejected from volunteering. So, um, so then like this feisty side of me kicked in. And I was like, fine, fine. They won't have me. I'm going to figure it out on my own. And I started thinking, even when I feel like I have nothing, is there anything I'm still confident in? Like, I feel like a loser, but it's the one thing I'm still confident in. And the only thing I come up with is that I can cook a great meal. 
And then of course, human thoughts, right? Of self-abuse. Who cares, Christina, that you can cook a great meal? A lot of people can cook. That doesn't make you special, blah, 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 blah. So I decided to tell those thoughts to shut up. And I send an email super impulsively without thinking through all my you know, friends in the area. And I said, every Wednesday night, I'm going to feed people in my apartment. So if you know someone who is struggling financially, or maybe it's someone who has way more money than me, but they're just new to town and lonely. Maybe it's an elderly person who just lost their spouse. I don't care what the need is. Bring them over. So I had no idea how I was going to pull this off, by the way. Went to the 99 cent store. We were pretty much dating at the time, like super close to the 99 cent store. And, um, and just bought pasta and like a few cans of things. And I knew I could make it good with just some spice, dry spices I had at home. And nothing, literally not a special meat, just a bowl of pasta. And that first Wednesday night, long story short, I ended up feeding over 30 people. Oh, wow. And I know. I get chills every time. And my apartment was so small. And again, I shared this apartment with the roommate. So I had to get her permission. It was a whole thing. But anyway, people were literally standing outside the door with food. Like they couldn't, I mean, we ran out of pasta, but it was like a whole thing. But what it did for me is that was the night that I tore up the list that I had of pros and cons because all of a sudden it hit me. Like, even when I feel like I have nothing, I have something to offer. I'm not worthless. And again, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I just feel like that's one of the most awful things we human do, humans do to ourselves. We are constantly just focused on, well, I can't do this. Well, I don't have this talent. Well, I don't have enough money for this. Well, I don't have this in my life. Well, no one's calling me back about this dream or this job, right? And if you just focus on the little thing you are so good at and, and you can do in this moment, whatever, even if it's like a parenting thing that you can do in this moment or a talent you have in this moment, whatever it is, and then just focus on that without letting those voices of like, it's not good enough. Who cares? You're not special, you know, get in the way. I really feel like that's where we finally find our purpose and our worth, mm. which is so important. But that, that video has a lot of different tips, but that was my turning point. Oh, I love, I, I love that. And, and I, I think it's so great too, to think like, it doesn't have to be a skill that's like marketable. You know, like I feel like so many of us like get down because that's literally like, like big kid problems. I was like, what am I good at? I'm good at like telling dumbass jokes that like only I think are funny. (laughs) And like, apparently, a lot of other people think they're funny too. There you go. I do, I want to share one more thing from that video actually, because I do feel like, especially if you have a younger audience, like this is, I wish I had done this earlier. Mm. So, I made this one video once where, um, where I invited some friends over and they, I, they just agreed to be on camera and to be vulnerable and they didn't know anything else about it. And so I had like these three women come one by one and I sat down with them and I said, Hey, tell me some stuff you tell yourself, like the mean stuff you don't say out loud, but you're constantly telling yourself. And they went off. They were like, one of them was like, I'm fat and I'll never lose the weight. I'm lazy. You know, another one said, I, I don't think I'm a good mom, you know, all this stuff. I'm a liar, like just abuse, 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 self-abuse, right? And then without them knowing, I contacted their spouses beforehand and I got a picture of them from their childhood. And so right after they were done saying all these awful things about themselves, I pulled the childhood picture. I was like, they were all four or five years old. And I put it in front of them and I said, great, now say those same things again to this girl. (sighs) And they couldn't do it. Every single one just couldn't do it because... When we do that, when we try to say it to a three or four-year-old version of ourselves, we realize how awful we are to ourselves, how cruel we are on a daily basis. And so when that worked, I freaking took 
a picture of myself and I put it up. And then I went to my, I've, my older two are teenagers. I went to their rooms and put on each of their little, you know, walls, a picture of themselves when they were three or four. And I told them, I said, if you need one in the bathroom, put one in the bathroom. Like if you're, if, if you find yourself standing in front of the mirror and criticizing yourself and telling yourself you're ugly or you're fat or you're whatever, then have it in the bathroom. And the minute those thoughts come, turn to that picture and try to say it to that picture or whatever your insecurities are, say them to try to say them to that picture. I think it just helps us all have a little more grace and gentleness toward ourselves. And we need that. We need that so desperately. Mm. Oh my God. I've never heard anything like that. And that is incredible. That's an incredible tip. It's, it's pretty, I mean, it just, the idea came to me and I didn't know if, if the experiment would work. And it was, it's been so powerful in my own life. I didn't even do it before I made this, that video. <laughs> I uh, love them be the guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, the video is called The Things We Tell Ourselves and it's on my Facebook and my YouTube, but it, you need to watch it because just their, their reaction when they see the picture, they can't, it was amazing. Not one of them could say it to that little kid. Damn. I'm going to link that video in, in show notes too for anybody who wants to see it. But that's such a... That, that's a, that's amazing. I mean, after this, I'm going to go find the cutest photo of me from like yes. age three to five. Got to make sure you're looking real cute. <laughs> and, um, and, and start they're implementing not like, that. Not like one where you're throwing a tantrum. Yeah. You could tell. Just, yeah. You have to look so cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I selfishly really wanted to get you here today to talk parenting <laughs> stuff because I feel like you're somebody who will give it to us straight. <laughs> like I've seen some of your videos. You're like, this is the no bullshit uh, version <laughs> of motherhood, which I, I can appreciate. I think, I think we all need more of that. So I was hoping you could maybe share some things that maybe nobody tells you about becoming a parent. Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind kind of relates to that thing I just said about looking at your younger picture of yourself. But I feel like no book that I've read when I was pregnant tells you about the abuse you're going to receive. And I'm not even talking about from your kids when they're teenagers or from other people, like the self-abuse you are going to have when you become a parent. Because the minute you become a parent, this becomes like the most important thing to you. You, even on days where you hate parenting, and by the way, you will have those days and don't feel guilty about that. That's normal. Not mm-hmm. loving motherhood 100% of the time does not mean you don't love your child 100% of the time. So even on those days, like you love your child so much and you, you just want to be perfect for them and that's impossible. And so I just, the kinder you are, the, this is a rule I have in parenting. The harder the day, the kinder I have to be to myself. Literally, if, you know, when my kids were little, if they're throwing a tantrum, if they're having a really bad day or my oldest son, he's 18 now, he went through some serious mental health struggles the last four years. Anything that's like really heavy and hard, I sort of check in with myself and I go, okay, today is going to be heavy. So Christina, you know what to do. You know your assignment. You're going to be so freaking kind to yourself. You're going to give yourself so much credit. You're going to give yourself so much grace. You're going to treat yourself the way you would treat your you know, best friend. Um, that is going to help you through so much because you're going to have really crappy days. Mm. And on that same note, um, I have this thing I do in my show where I talk, well, before COVID, what I used to do is I used to invite, I used to ask the audience, is there anybody who's never knitted before? And I used to invite them on stage and I would give them yarn and I would say, you've never knitted before. Great. Knit me a sweater right now. And I want it to be perfect. And then I would sort of stand there and mock them. And the audience would be like, oh my gosh, you're so cruel. They've literally never done it. And you expect them to do it perfectly. And here's the thing. When you're first handed that baby, you've never parented before. 
And yet you're going to expect yourself to do it perfect. And every time you make a mistake and FYI, you will make plenty of mistakes. You're going to beat yourself up. You're going to feel inadequate. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. What am I doing wrong? You are completely normal, human, wonderful. You're not failing. You are learning. You've never done this before. And then even if you have a fifth child, that fifth child will be completely different than the first one because parenting is not like riding a bike. Mm. Okay. The first kid might be a bike and you might be like, I got this. The second one will probably be a tractor. Okay. My youngest <laughs> is a spaceship. Point being, you are going to learn from scratch every single day of parenting with every new kid, with every new stage. So keep reminding yourself, I'm not failing. I am learning and I have nothing to feel guilty about. Honestly, I could sit here and give you so many parenting tips on how to deal with a tantrum and how to deal with picky eaters, but none of it will matter as much as just being so freaking good to yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the the universal, most important parenting tip I can give. Uh. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what's like scary. And that's like one of the things I think about all the time is I was like, yeah, that they hand that baby to you and you're like on for 24-7 for like the next 18 years. <laughs> like yeah. there's like no shut off. Yeah. And even now, I bet you're pregnant and I bet you have those thoughts. Am I doing enough of this? Am I not doing enough of that? Should I try this? Should I? Am I sleeping enough? Am I eating right? Am I, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just, we're so mean to ourselves. Yeah. We're so, it's so interesting because the, our society talks so much about anti-bullying, but we, we <laughs> are like the worst bullies. <laughs> That's so, so true. Just be so, so freaking kind to yourself. What do you, what do you, what are your like things that you do when you're like, whoa, I'm having one of those really bad days? Like, what are the things that you do to be kind to yourself? I, well, first of all, I'm a big fan of therapy for everybody, <laughs> but, um, but I, I just low, honestly, simple answer. I lower my expectations. Mm. I completely lower my expectations. And you have to be able to do that because all of us sort of set this unrealistic standard of the type of parent we're going to be and how our children are going to behave and what motherhood or fatherhood will look like. We create this fantasy and then we beat ourselves up for not being able to live up to it when it's a fantasy. It's not even possible for it to be reality, right? So I lower my expectations, you know? I'm going to serve chips and salsa for dinner and not feel bad about it because today's freaking hard. Or, you know, my kids are going to get way extra screen time. Even though before I was a parent, I used to judge people who used to give that much screen time to their kids because I didn't know any better and I was dumb. But like, just lower expectations because I think the reason, this is what I always think, tough days are less tough if we're not so tough on ourselves, right? So when you have that tough day, though, today we're doing something really simple for dinner. Mm. Today, I'm not going to worry about the house being clean. By the way, don't ever worry about the house being clean. (laughs) When you're little, if somebody walks in and you feel like they're judging you, show them where the vacuum is. Let them take care of it if it bothers them. Like just lower the unrealistic. (laughs) Lower the bar. I will say this. I hear from my followers who are parents all the time. They feel so guilty once they have a child doing stuff for themselves. Whether it's just a simple, I need a bath, I need to get away for a few hours, or it's a, I need a whole weekend away from my girlfriends. I need to get away from my children. They feel guilty. They feel guilty pursuing a dream. They feel guilty anytime they're not just like serving and doing. Listen to me. You are not taking away from your family by taking care of you. You are giving to them. You are actually giving, you're doing them a favor Mm. because you're giving them a healthier, happier parent. 
So don't ever feel guilty for taking care of the most important person in your child's life. And the other thing that's helped me ditch that guilt is that my kids will learn more from how I lived than anything I yak at them, right? Mm. And I don't want my kids someday to grow up and be adults, whether they're parents or not, and feel like if they're not constantly doing for others, they are selfish. And, you know, I want my kids to grow up and be like, I saw my mom prioritize her mental health. I saw my mom take time away from us because she needed to find some laughter and joy when things were rough or just have really deep friendships. I saw my mom take a bath and stick us in front of screen time because she knew that that's what she needed. She took care of her needs, her mental health needs. That's the example I want to set for my kids. That is, that's awesome. I think that's huge. That's what I was originally thinking you were going to say. I was like, a bath. (laughs) But that's so much better advice. Well, and the thing is like, when people talk about self-care, a lot of times they do think of like that. And that's great. Some people love a bath. There are times where I'm in the mood for bath, but there are so many different forms of self-care. I mean, not comparing and competing is self-care, right? Like not picking up those suitcases like I talk about of other people's unsolicited advice is self-care. Taking like time away, like literally time away. It's okay to do that. I have, I have actually had times and I couldn't have done this when I was, you know, broke, but I've had times where I called over a babysitter and said, I am going to be home. I just like emergence, like I need you now. Are you available? Here is your money. I'm going to go take a nap. That's <laughs> my kids away from me. Or like, even just like told my husband a couple of years ago, I I'm going away right now. I'm going to stay at a hotel room. Unless there's an emergency, I don't want to call. I don't want anything based on, I want anything from anyone. I need my freaking sanity back. (laughs) And a lot of parents would feel guilty doing that. Do not feel guilty doing that. Uh, Take care of the most important person in your child's life. And that's you. Yeah, I think that's huge. And you're right. I'm sure coming back after something like that, like you're in a whole new mindset. Things aren't um, as hard as they were probably before that little break. So I think that's And I don't want to mean all this for you because you're pregnant. It's like, motherhood is the worst, hardest thing and you have to run away from it. It, There are, I'm not going to lie, there are really hard, hard things. But there, it's literally the most beautiful part of my life. I mean, I could cry. And and I've, I've, again, my oldest is 18. We've been through some hard stuff. I actually just made a video with him that'll come out soon where he opened up about his mental health. I mean, he was in a psychiatric hospital in the last four years. He's, I mean, we've been through hell together. And, you know, again, I went through a divorce. I went through some really hard things as a mother worrying about my children. And yet I wouldn't trade any of it for anything. It is the most beautiful, beautiful, like most meaningful part of my life. So I'm not going to lie to you that it's hard, but I also want to let you know, like, you will not regret being a mother. Like, so much. So it's, it's really, it's the most amazing thing. I, I don't even have words for it. I know. I feel like it's one of those things, like I, I just can't comprehend it because I don't have it. Like I, I, it's one of those things I've heard a million times and I'm like, oh, I hope, I hope that motherhood gene like kicks in and like, yeah. I feel all these things and I, I keep hearing that it will. And it's just, yeah, right now it, it's like, I don't even know. I don't yeah. even know what's on the other side, but I, I it hope it's good. It will be so good. And then when those hard days hit, again, remember like so many times I feel like, especially as a young mom, I was like just searching for searching for answers and searching for fixes. And I need to fix this with my kid. I need to, you know, whatever, just make the situation better for my kid. 
And really, there's not a lot of perfect solutions in the world, but the one thing that you always have you know, access to and is completely free is the way you treat yourself. And I know I'm keep repeating myself on and on and on about this, but it's the most important thing I want you to remember. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's huge. I'm interested, you know, I've heard this and this is something that I'm nervous about. I mean, I'm already seeing it while pregnant. Like you kind of feel like you're losing your like social center. Like, did you feel like you lost friends when you became a mom? Uh, Yes. And especially like if you, I was, I had like my first one when I was 24. I was really young. So a lot of my friends didn't even have kids. And then you start feeling like, a bad person because they're inviting you to do things that you did before and not, you can't. And there's just, there's a lot of changes, but I think you just build your village, whether it's people that continue from your past or new people you add. And when you build that new village, build very carefully and do not allow people in your inner circle who will add shame or guilt when you have to say no. Like you got to get, re- as a parent, you got to get really comfortable saying no, not just to your kids, but to adults Hmm. because, and then not like have the type of people who, when you say, no, I can't do that. Or even no, I can't help you. Like you're, you've probably one of those people that wants to always help your friends when they need help. And sometimes you won't be able to not feeling guilty when you say no and making sure that the people in your life will go, I totally get it Mm -hmm. and not any shame or guilt. I mean, I just feel like I wish I had early on built my village more carefully. Do you feel overwhelmed when it comes to handling personal finances? You aren't the only one. Credit Karma is here to help you make those big calls with more confidence. Whether you're refinancing credit card debt or paying for an upcoming expense, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you fresh personal loan offers that are personalized to you. On Credit Karma, you can check out multiple loan offers side by side. Members who compare loan offers on Credit Karma save an average of 30% on interest rates, which is huge. It's completely free and easy to sign up for a Credit Karma account with no effect on your credit score, making it simple to search for the right personal loan for you. Credit Karma will even show you your approval odds so you can choose offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. And once you have a loan, Credit Karma can help you track your progress as you pay off your debt and even let you know if you can refinance and save. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers with your approval odds right now. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. You're right. It it probably was hard like being younger because less of your friends were or had kids or were going through something similar. I have a lot of friends who have babies, but they don't live where I live. (laughs) Um, So it's it's interesting. I I love that I have the support where I can like call friends and be like, you know, like have somebody to talk to who's been there. But where I live now, I already already get the sense I'm like not getting the calls, you know, to like go to to the club. And my husband's like, you wouldn't want to go. I'm like, I still want to be invited. I'm like, I want to be included. I'm not going to... Hell no, I'm not going to go. I probably wouldn't go before I was pregnant. But still... Well, I I do think a lot of people don't take advantage of like, there's so many support groups in every city for, you know, new moms or whatever. And I, 
when I was starting to heal through my depression, realized I needed a healthy community around me, I started just going to all these like parenting groups, support groups, you know, moms of toddlers, moms of this, moms of that. And I'm going to be honest with you, more than half of them were not a good fit for me. Mm. They just not good. But that smaller number of the ones that worked built lifelong friendships. And it was amazing. So sometimes people will be like, well, I tried a support group. It was stupid. It was cheesy. I didn't like it. Great. Try another one. Try another one. It's like, it's kind of like exercise, right? One sit up won't give me a six pack, which I'm still pissed about. It won't. It won't. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry to break it to you. Um, it has to be a continual thing. I feel like the same thing is for mental health or anything else we pursue in life. It has to be an ongoing, like I'm putting, in, I'm continuing to put in the effort instead of giving up after the first fail. So try to find those support groups in your area, especially of parents who have kids close to, you know, the same age as your kids will be, because then they can play mm. while you bond and bend and do whatever. Yeah. I think that's kind of an important thing to note because I always, I've always looked at it as like, oh, like I'm not going to see my same friends or do the same things I'm doing. But I think that that's a good point. Like you're going to meet new people. Like actually, it's kind of an opportunity to meet like new people, a different circle um, who are going through like similar life things. Like I, I had a, a, one of my, one of my old bosses who I was like really close with. She told me that she's like, I have more friends now as like the parent of a high schooler than I ever did like in college. Like, you know, like you meet so many parents and people doing similar things. It's actually like a whole new social world that you weren't in before. One of my best friends, Kat, who I know you've been emailing with because she's also my producer. I met her because our daughters became friends. And even then they were friends for a few years and Kat and I would just like know each other as acquaintances, like drop, you know, I'm off for play dates or whatever. And now we're inseparable. Like, we already have a plan that someday if our husbands die first, we're like going to be roommates and a nurse come <laughs> together in our 90s. Um, so yeah, you're going to meet a lot of people even through your friends. I mean, your kids, you know, making friends. Mm. Yeah, I but, think that, that's a, something to look forward to. Those, those nursing home friends are so important. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to make videos in my 90s talking about all the great things about being 90. Same. Awesome. Same. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to say on that same note, I feel like a lot of times when we become parents, we feel like we've lost ourselves and, and we're just desperately searching for that old me. I want the old me back. And I've always thought of it. You're not lost. You're redefined, right? Mm-hmm. You're still the same person at your court, but something as magical and, and uh, incredible and challenging as motherhood, of course, is going to redefine you in some ways, right? So if you think of it that way, then you won't be like desperately searching for this thing that you can't have back because you're, you can't have it back. You're now a parent, right? And instead think of it, okay, I'm still who I am at my core, but I'm redefined now. And a lot of these things actually, in some ways, make me even, you know, make my life even more full. Mm. It's so good. So good. I have one more question. And then, because I know we're running out of time, but this has been so fun. And I could literally have you on here for three more hours talking about parenting stuff. But I, I want you to think of like early, early parenting, like newborn phase. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> what are the best and worst parts of that early period of time? Because I want, I want to know what I'm in store for. You're going to be ex- so exhausted. I mean, it is like the lack of sleep those early days. You're going to start to feel insane. You're, gonna, you're literally going to start to feel insane. And you just have to remind yourself, this is normal. And most importantly, this is right now. Every, I have a whole video where I talk about how one of the things that saved me 
is adding right now to the end of any sentence, anything that's frustrating. So I'm not getting any freaking sleep right now. <laughs> my, my newborn will not stop crying right now. My boobs, I don't know if you're planning on breastfeeding. My boobs are sore and hurting and my nipples are chapped right now. It's just like, you need that reminder early on that it's not permanent. Life is a string of phases and it will pass. Eventually your kid will sleep through the night. Your nipples will not be chapped anymore. (laughs) Eventually you'll get some rest. But I mean, the sleep deprivation sucks. It absolutely sucks. Get ready for it. Some things are meant to be endured. There's not a quick fix unless you have three nighttime nannies, okay? Otherwise, just think of it as this is a phase I'm going to endure, but it will not last forever. Um, If a lot of women have postpartum depression and even more have postpartum blues and people don't talk about it. Postpartum blues are all of it, even postpartum depression. It is normal. It is not, you know, something to feel shame. So if there's any sort of, you're feeling down, you're feeling whatever. I had postpartum blues, not depression to the point where I wanted to hurt myself or hurt anybody else, but just there's a, there's a very strong chance that after that baby comes and after the initial euphoria, you are going to feel down. Mm. And I wish more people warn women about that because if you don't know about it, then you start going, what is wrong with me? This is supposed to be the happiest time of my life. I wanted this baby. Why am I feeling down? You will cry for no reason. Well, there will be reasons you'll be super tired (laughs) and and hormonal, but it is hormones. You will, you are going through something overwhelming with a ton of emotions. So just again, be kind to yourself during that time and reach out for help. Even if you're like, well, it's not that bad. Reach out for help anyway. Why does it hurt to like, even just talk to, you know, your OBGYN or your kid's pediatrician and say, Hey, here's how I'm feeling. Is this something I should check in about? But yeah, you're going to be tired and emotional and your kid might. Oh, here's the other thing. If you know anybody who's having a baby at the same time, they're going to say things to you about how their baby's doing, that it's going to make, that's going to make you question everything you're doing because their baby might be sleeping 15 extra minutes than yours, or their baby might not be crying or they may be latched on super easily and is, you know, or has already taken the bottle and your kid will not breastfeed and you don't know what to do. You have to completely shut that out and realize there's no room for comparing or competing in parenthood. Mm. There's no room for it. Get rid of it completely. Gosh, those are probably my top ones for newborns, newborn. Oh, also you're not going to feel sexy right away. You're not going to like, that's all normal. Or maybe you will. Maybe you will be one of the first women I've ever met who will be like, I feel sexy <laughs> right after I just popped a child out of my Yeah, no. <laughs> I can tell you I, right now, I don't feel very sexy. <laughs> like, I mean, you oh look God. But, um, but even that stuff, like body image stuff, you know, I don't think of my, I have stretch marks. I don't think of them as ugly. I think of them as shabby, chic, distressed. Like my body looks like an antique piece of furniture that people pay a lot of money for. <laughs> just, I don't know. I just feel like people sugarcoat those first few weeks. And it is so amazing. You're going to stare at your kid's eyes and you're just going to be like, I, I never knew I could love somebody. Aww. But it's going to be hard. And, that, and it's supposed to be. I think that's the point. It's supposed to be hard. So if it's really hard and really exhausting and maybe even really sad at times, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. You are completely normal. You are so normal. Mm. How, like, I'm not trying to with you, but you're so normal. Yeah. I'm just How long did your post-baby blues last? I feel like they lasted a few months, maybe. Maybe it's like that. They call it the fourth trimester. Have you heard that term? Uh-huh. But I will tell you one other thing, actually, that I realize is more common than normal. So with my last one, it was like 
more severe, not to the point of like me wanting to hurt anybody, but like, you know, postpartum depression, a lot of times leads to thoughts of hurting yourself um, or your child. It wasn't like that, but it was definitely the blues were stronger. It was lasting longer. And I finally went to my doctor and I was like, I think I might have postpartum depression. I, this is what's happening. My hair was falling out a lot, which can happen after you give birth and all this stuff. And I actually found out because the doctor was amazing and did all the testing. Pregnancy can sometimes cause thyroid issues and thyroid issues can cause depression, hair loss, like all these things. So anyway, so if you're feeling it and you're, it's a little stronger, again, ask for a full blood test, everything tested. That's something I had no idea. And this was my third child and I had no idea how common it is to have thyroid issues. Went on some thyroid meds for a year and I'm Great now. So anyway, another tiny little medical tip if you're yeah, that's that's really good. That's really good advice. And that's the thing. That's the thing that I think is hard with like any kind of depression, um, and especially like thinking of postpartum. And even I think I had a little. I don't know if pregnancy depression is a thing, but I think it might be. Uh, But there's not like an alarm that goes off and is like you have depression. You're just kind of like down. And I'm like for a consistent amount of time. And I'm like I didn't even realize that I had it. If I had it, I don't know until um, like the last like two weeks when I started coming out of it. And I was like, oh yeah. shit, like I, I was not doing yeah. so good. But think about, think about what's happening in your body. Like the amount, of, like just the hormonal change, right? Your body is literally going through a kind of a shock, right? Of like, I am now growing a whole new human with organs, like with actual organs, with a beating heart. I mean, that is a lot. So combine that, what's happened to you physically right now, right? Mm-hmm. Also what's happening to you emotionally, because whether you're addressing it head on or not, it maybe it's, so for some women, it's more subconscious. You are worried and you are stressed. And like you said, there is the unknown. How would you not feel like an emotional roller coaster? Like, I think, again, this is so normal and just let yourself feel it, you know, and, and, and don't even question it. Like, Why? There's your answer. Like you're growing a human and you're about to experience the biggest change in your life. Mm. Oh my gosh. So true. And I think it's- You're going to be a great mom though. I'm going to tell you right now. I know I just met you, but I'm, and I'm not being like cheesy and whatever. I think you're going to be a great mom because of the type of questions you're asking me. Oh. You're very self-aware and that's so important. So- I literally could cry right now because I'm so excited for you. I'm so Stop excited. Stop it. I'm going to cry and I'm hormonal and pregnant. It's going to be- the most incredible <laughs> journey. I hate the word journey. It's overused, but, um, but yeah, I I'm telling you right now, I think you're going to, I, not, I think I know you're going to be an incredible mom. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. I'm going to cut that clip and replay it for myself every day. Um, Christina, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This is like probably one of my favorite conversations I've had. You are amazing. If people want to find more from you, if they want to see you on tour, all the good things. Where can they find you? So on social media, I'm on at Christina with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, Kuzmich, K-U-Z-M-I-C. On TikTok. So that's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. On TikTok, I'm at I am Christina Kuzmich. Um, but you know what else? I'm giving you homework. Please. You need to go look up my video called To the Brand New Mom. 
Ooh. And literally just my message to a brand new mom. And I need you to watch it now. And then you have to watch it again within 48 hours of delivering <laughs> that baby. Okay. That's <laughs> perfect. I'm going to also link that in show notes for anybody else who's going through this. So you guys can find it too. Uh, this was so much fun. Christina, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. I need your address. I literally want to send you a, like a baby gift when the baby comes. So ah! email me at your address. Oh my God. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, that is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a nice little five-star review for this podcast. Maybe send it to a friend who you think might enjoy the show. Your reviews and you passing along this podcast is what keeps us running. So thank you. If you want more from me, you can follow me on Big Kid Problems on Instagram and on my personal account, which has a new handle all of a sudden, uh, at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. New name, who's this? As always, I want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible. I've linked all of our discount codes and everything else you could ever want from this episode in our show notes. So make sure to check that out. And finally, I want to thank you for tuning in and supporting this show. There's a lot of ways you could be spending your time right now. So I really do appreciate you spending it with me. All right. With that, I hope you have an awesome week and I'll see you next Tuesday.